So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of Usual. Hi, Em. I did not have Drake sampling Kim Kardashian's voice on his new track on my bingo card. I, I just did not. Well, I think that you thought it was an April Fool's Day prank until what, this morning? No, I did. I mean, first of all, aside from the fact that I started to hear about it on April 1st, I also feel like this hasn't been getting the response that I would have expected something like this to get. Did you feel that way? Yes, but what I think happened is, and we'll get into all of the details about the song in a second, but what I think happened was that Drake previewed the song on a radio show on Friday, and so by the time there started to be some pickup of it, it was next day, Saturday, which was April Fool's Day, so I can understand why you thought that was a prank. I think I did it first, too, actually. And then the real media pickup of it obviously didn't happen until Monday once the weekend was over. Right. So you can then imagine my shock when I see some very reputable sources posting this. I click on the audio and I hear that in Drake's new song, Rescue Me, there is an audio clip of Kim from the series finale of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which if you watch it, I know you can exactly envision the scene. And it's when she says to Kris Jenner, talking about her divorce from Kanye, I didn't come this far just to come this far and not be happy. Remember that. I mean, that's like a really big deal for Drake to be using, given, of course, him and Kanye's history. Oh, it's a huge deal. And where it gets really interesting, honestly, is when you think about what went into making this happen or allowing it to happen. Like, I'm so interested in the legalities behind it all. Right, because I really don't have a good enough idea about how this works from a logistical perspective. I mean, I'd always been under the impression that if you as an artist are sampling either another song or recording anything there has to be sign off on the copyright of that. So in my mind, as I was thinking this through, and again, I really feel so un- unintelligent talking about any of the legalities associated with it because I genuinely don't know. But when I first thought about it, I said, okay, this is something that Kim then had to have signed off on. I then was thinking, is it Kim who owns the copyright to something that was said in Keeping Up? Is that NBC? Is that the other production company? Does it exist? Like, I really don't know. And if anyone has answers, please please let me know because we looked it up and there's nothing that says formally how exactly this was cleared. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. As, as we know, song sampling to exist, that's usually from another song and that's a copyright issue. When it comes to a TV show that exists in the public domain, maybe there's not something that has to be legally signed off, but also Drake is a friend of the family. Despite any issues with Kanye, The family and Drake know each other very, very well. 
I can't imagine Drake rocking the boat this much by using Kim's voice on a song without getting permission. But then again, it's not as if it paints her in any sort of a negative light. So maybe he, you know, asked for forgiveness instead of permission. I, I honestly, I have absolutely no idea, but I am so interested in the behind the scenes of how this happened. Let's just say hypothetically, I, I really do not know. Let's just say hypothetically from a legal perspective, it wasn't Kim herself that had to sign off on this. And so Drake or the record label, whoever got the legal clearance, but it didn't have to go directly through Kim. I still think there is no world in which Drake, a close friend of Kris Jenner's, I mean, we saw the way that the, those two hug each other at various award shows, that Drake, like you said, is going to rock the boat in this way without at least getting the family blessing. I just don't think he's trying to burn bridges in that way. Because again, like you said, it's not that it paints Kim in a negative light at all. And I actually think generally speaking, this is the exact type of thing that Kim loves. We were talking about this a few weeks ago when it came to Bad Bunny and Kendall. And we were saying, yeah, Kendall's not really the Kardashian that's going to like being name dropped in a song that maybe would rile up her ex, whereas Kim or Kylie and honestly, probably Kris Jenner would love it. But it's more so that it's something that would naturally cause tension between Kim and Kanye. I can't imagine Kanye hearing this and not having a reaction. And so at the very least, I have to imagine that, you know, that would be known and permission would be given because Drake knows when Kanye gets upset, it's not just him that receives it. It's at the most Kim. Let's just say for argument's sake here that there is a world in which the legalities just didn't exist. There's no part of me that can imagine Kim giving Drake her blessing, like forget about legality signing off on it, just giving him her blessing, knowing how much this would rock the boat with Kanye. The only scenario I can imagine if there's no legality behind it is that Drake just did it and hoped Kim would be okay with the fact that he used her voice as Kim has been okay with references that Drake has made to her and the family in the past. I know, but a reference is so different than an audio recording, specifically an audio recording where she's talking about Kanye. And to be clear, I agree with you. Like, I would so much rather remove the legalities of it for a second and operate in a world just for purposes of this conversation where that's not a driving factor because we can just indulge ourselves in a way that doesn't have all of these roadblocks. So let's say it really just came down to Drake needing to just kind of get her blessing, even though technically he could do it. I don't know, Julie. I don't know if I think he wouldn't have asked. But maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I kind of think, I know this is really not what we would normally think because I think in our minds, we kind of view it as always the most stressful thing for Kim is having to kind of rationalize things to Kanye in these moments of high stress. So yes, our natural inclination would be to think that she would rather just avoid it at all costs. I don't know though. Like, I'm starting to think, is there a world in which she's moving into this next phase of her life where she knows that it would get a little bit messy, it would get a little bit chaotic. She may have to deal with some things for a little while there, but she wants to do it and she's not going to allow what she believes to be his reaction to stop it. I don't know. I also see the flip side though, where above anything else, she's like, this is the father of my children. I don't want to do something that makes him feel disrespected, which would lead me to believe so much more that again, if we're talking about a world where the legal blessing is not in Kim's power to give, that Drake was just like, fuck it. I, I don't know. I'm really curious to hear other people's opinions. And I also know that, of course, our stance would be influenced if we really had a true understanding of exactly where the copyright, if there is one, comes from this recording. Right. Like, 
having a law degree here would kind of change our entire understanding of this conversation. But unfortunately, and unfortunately for my Jewish parents, I don't have a law degree. And so we're kind of just going based off theories. But listen, my thing with Kim giving her blessing in this sort of a situation is like, maybe Kim eight years ago, 10 years ago, would have said, fuck the consequences. This is so iconic for Drake to mention me in a song that I'm just, I'm going to do it and deal with the consequences after. It's not as important to Kim anymore. Like we said, she's had plenty of references in plenty of songs, specifically Drake songs. I just can't imagine a scenario in which Kim would be willing to rock the boat with Kanye in this sort of a way for this sort of a song. At this stage of Kim's life, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. You know what I'm going to say, right? What? Again, just go with me here, you guys. There's about 0% part of me that thinks that this is the case. However, could you imagine that the answer to this entire conundrum we're having here is that Drake and Kim are secretly dating? I mean, don't joke with me. By the way, talk about rocking the boat. Like, oh my God, could you imagine? I could imagine, by the way, I could imagine them secretly hooking up, by the way. If there's one thing I can absolutely imagine, picture, close my eyes and see before I go to bed every day, it's Drake and Kim hooking up. I just, you know, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, yes, not only can I imagine, I do imagine. I am imagining on a daily basis because as we've always said, and I know a lot of people don't agree with this, if you were to ask me like, what's a real power couple? It's Drake and Kim. I just cannot envision a world in which it ever happens. However, I certainly can envision a little, you know, secrecy. Do I think it's happening? No, but it's just so much more fun to envision a world in which it is. And that this is why that lyric is kind of kosher because yeah, she's fine with it because they know what goes on behind the scenes. It's not happening, but God damn, imagine if it was. It'll be really interesting to see if Kim ever comments on the song or says anything about the fact that Drake used her voice as a sample. I'll tell you my dream right now. It's Kim driving in Calabasas. She's not driving. She's being driven, sitting in the passenger seat, and she's doing a video on her Instagram story of the dashboard. You can see the song playing. Keep in mind, this would be in my dream world when the song is not yet out, so you can see on the screen, like, unreleased or whatever the track name would be that Drake would have had to have sent her. And it's like in her Maybach, you know, driving down the streets of Calabasas. And that would kind of be a silent little blessing being given. That That's my dream world. That's a dream world. I think that what will probably happen is she'll not say anything. In a scenario in which she decides to say something or allude to permission being given or not even permission being given, just her blessing in the aftermath of it, it would just be a Spotify shared a story. Oh, we love a little Spotify shared a story. But and so does Kim. I know. Especially but of a Drake lyric about herself. Like when when Drake had the song, like what's the lyric in the song? She's got on her skims. Now she's acting like she's Kim. Like Kim posted that Spotify two story with the highlighted lyrics. I know. D- totally different situation, though, than what we're talking about here. Night and day. Right. Like, that's just an acknowledgement that she is such a cemented pop culture reference that, of course, it would make sense for Drake to put that line in his song. This is a totally different ballgame. And again, I get frustrated even kind of talking about it because I really don't know what goes into it. I will say, though, any sort of legal specifications aside, the one thing this will give us is a lot of kind of fantasy fuel. This one line 
could take me on an entire mental journey. I have so many scenarios going through my head right now. I know. I do too. But I have to tell you, if you were to ask me right now what's your final stance on how this went down, I would say that there was no legality behind it. He was free to use it. There was a legal loophole or a whatever it may be that allowed him to use it without having to have anything signed off on and he didn't come to Kim for permission. That's my, that's my stance right now. I don't know if I have a stance because I think I just got so hooked into the fantasy world of it all. I guess to spice it up, I'll say that my stance is the opposite, which is any sort of legal necessities aside, Kim gave her blessing because again, just for purpose of this conversation and just enhancing our lives, maybe I'm going to subscribe to the little fantasy that they have a secret thing going on. That is such a more fun thing to envision. You added a whole other layer in the last half of this conversation. You went from Drake doesn't want to rock the boat with his family friends, the Kardashians. Kim and Drake are secretly actually hooking up now. Kanye's worst nightmare and the thing that they have been accused of this entire time. And as a result of the secret hookup, Kim gave her blessing to use her voice talking about her divorce with Kanye in Drake's song, rocking the boat with Kanye, who she still has to co-parent with actively. Right. And so in the absence of what the Kardashians trailer should have given us, that feels like a far more enticing reality to consider. Is that the case? Absolutely not. Is it fun to think about? Completely. Are we ever going to know either way? Probably not. So why not just have a little more voluntary fun? I'll tell you one thing, Em. If that is the case, she's never coming home from Japan. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Academy is a new scripted podcast that follows Ava Richards, played by Mahalala of Leave the World Behind and HBO's Industry, a brilliant scholarship student who has to quickly adapt to her newfound eat-or-be-eaten world. Ava's ambitions take hold, and her small-town values break, in hopes of becoming the first scholarship student to make the list. Bishop Gray's all-coveted academic top 10 curated by the headmaster himself. But after realizing she has no chance at the list on her own, she reluctantly accepts an invitation to a secret underground society that pulls the strings on campus life and academic success. If she bends to their will, she'll have everything she's ever dreamed of. But at what cost? Academy takes you into the world of a cutthroat private school where money, power, and sex collide in a game of life and death. Follow Academy on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Academy early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Plus. 
Okay, so on last week's episode with Justin, we were starting to talk about the dating rumors between Selena Gomez and Zayn Malik. This all started because on March 23rd, they were apparently seen leaving a restaurant in Soho together. There are no paparazzi photos of them at the time that we're recording this, but it was an eyewitness that saw it, basically kind of got confirmation that that's what was going on. So since then, a source told Us Weekly, quote, he's always admired her and thinks she's an incredible person inside and out. They aren't super serious or exclusive at this point. She's free to see other people. However, Zayn would love to continue to see Selena and see where things go. He's been focused on himself these past few years and feels like he's ready to date again. He's feeling optimistic about the possibility of growing things between him and Selena, but isn't putting any pressure on the situation. He'd rather just let things progress organically and believes she feels the same. And then this comes out from page six, quote, Selena Gomez and Zayn Malik's alleged PDA packed dinner date comes as no surprise to those who know them because the pair is hooked up in the past. The singer's first tryst happened, quote, way back in the day when Gomez's best pal, Taylor Swift, was dating Malik's former One Direction bandmate, Harry Styles. This was around fall, winter 2012. Again, who knows whether or not that's the case. If it is, it adds such a fun layer to this whole thing. But I think my stance is the same as last week, which is I totally believe that it really did happen, even though we haven't gone paparazzi pictures, but I can't foresee this turning into a real serious thing. I don't see it being a relationship per se, but I could see them dating for a couple of months. I want to go back though to the conversation about them having dated previously, because I think it's a very interesting conversation. You know how we always bring up the post of Justin Bieber and Sophia Richie where Selena Gomez had commented on it saying essentially like if you can't handle the hate like stop posting your new girlfriend like your fans have always been here for you like you owe more to them than to your girlfriend like it was probably one of the most famous Instagram comments that we have. There is more to that according to screenshots that have gone viral in the past than went viral at the time that this happened. Now I can't verify 100% how true this is because the comments on the post have been turned off and I think actually the original post was deleted. But according to a screenshot that had gone viral at the time and I think was resurfaced again, in the back and forth between Justin and Selena at that time, Selena accused Justin of cheating multiple times on her and Justin shot back saying that Selena cheated with Zayn essentially. If you look at the timeline of Justin and Selena when they were together, when they broke up, and when Page Six is saying that Selena and Zayn were dating and it was at the same time that Harry and Taylor were dating, those timelines kind of line up. Justin and Selena broke up in 2012 and around November. And what Page Six is saying when Harry and Taylor dated was November, December of 2012. Okay, so here's the thing with that particular interaction, because of course I remember that Selena, Justin back and forth, as we constantly say, the internet will never be that good again. Like nobody will ever be that messy again. We just had this entire conversation last week. However, I never saw that one comment with my own eyes. I saw the rest. I never saw that one comment when Justin allegedly said, oh yeah, like I know about Zane. So I don't know if that was true, but hypothetically, could you fucking imagine what a kind of fun and and full circle rekindling that this would then be i mean let's let's put it on a much lower scale though for a second because even if that didn't happen there were kind of rumors about them at the time so it, you know could it be a fun thing where the timelines never fully aligned and now that they're totally free in their adult life they could test out a more adult relationship without all the surrounding chaos maybe 
Yeah, it's totally possible. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, as of right now, all of this conversation and all of these sources, you know, confirming the relationship and saying they're seeing where things are going, it's all kind of based on this one date night that they had in Soho. And so, you know, at the end of the day, they could have had one really great date and had that be it. Or we could see this happen multiple times. I think the fact that we even found out about this date in the first place is is a little crazy. Well, I agree with you. I think it is so wild that this date even kind of made it to public knowledge because it's not like this started from paparazzi photos. It's not like they were trying to have this secret dinner and the paparazzi was camped out outside. The reason these rumors initially started that were then confirmed by an eyewitness encounter that was in the restaurant was because of a TikTok. There's this woman whose name is Clarissa Garcia. She posted a TikTok of screenshots of her text messages with her friend who is the restaurant hostess that was working at the restaurant the night that Selena and Zane came in. And her friend texted her and said, tell me why Selena Gomez and Zane just walked into, the restaurant's name is redacted, hand in hand, making out, and I seated them. So that's how we initially found out about this. So I agree with you. I don't think it's the kind of thing that they initially wanted anyone to know or expected that they would know. However, a little bit down the line, do I think that it's beautiful PR specifically for Zane? Yeah, I do. Listen, I think that anytime you go out to dinner in public, especially in a popular restaurant in Soho, you're taking a calculated risk. I don't think they wanted to be seen walking down the street hand in hand, but I think that a news story leaking about them having dinner together, maybe it wasn't intentional, but I don't think it's their like worst nightmare. Zane is very, very private. Selena is private for sure, but I think Zane kind of takes it to a more intense level with his privacy as we've seen over the years. And so, listen, this is what we always say. If you don't want to be spotted at all, you don't want one eyewitness account, you don't want one person to know this happened, there are ways to make that happen. If you're okay with the information getting out, that's when you go to a public restaurant. And so, yes, they weren't walking out of Giorgio Baldi holding hands with a sea of paparazzi, but they took a calculated risk here. Right. It was definitely a calculated risk. And thank God they did it because we got this insight, which I find to be so fascinating. But it's not like they're walking down the street holding hands on Rodeo. You know, it still had a private element to it. And we only found out, again, from an eyewitness encounter and from this text screenshot from the hostess's friend. Like that to me is really the kicker here. But I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see. Yeah. I think it could be a, a little fling. I just can't. I don't know. I don't think this is going to be. The, her next big relationship. Did I tell you that Isabel pranked me with this? No, how? We were at dinner, us and our friends at Dumbo oh. House, which would have <laughs> yes. been a very logical place to see somebody. And it was the night after they were seen in Soho. So we figured they were still in the city. And as we were walking inside, every, we played the game that we play every night, which is like, if you were to see one person here, who would you want it to be? And I said, Selena and Zane, because that would have been an incredible spotting the night after. And also... A logical spotting. So I go to the bathroom and I come back to the table and Isabel's like, did you see them? And I was like, what? She was like, the person behind us just said that they saw Selena and Zane walk in. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And so she's like, go do a lap and see if you see them towards the front. She's like, the person was just seated. So they would probably be towards the front, like already, whatever. 
So I like do a lap. I don't see them. There's like a room that's a little bit like blocked off by a curtain. I like, I like, like sneak my head in. I don't see them. I come back. I'm like, I don't see them. She's like, they walked by. You didn't see them. They just walked the other way, like out of the room. And I'm like, what? And they're like, we're kidding. Like I was so intent on finding them. And it was so logical to me that they would have been there that I was like pacing up and down looking for them to see if I could like catch a glimpse. And they were obviously not there. <laughs> you did tell me this. And it's just as funny hearing it this time as it was the first time because one thing about you you are never opposed to doing a lap like truly you are thrilled to do a lap so i can imagine not only the enthusiasm but also the optimism that you had inside of you as you were embarking on this lap so just to come back to the table and to be met with that disappointment it's sad for anyone but like specifically for you because i knew how high your hopes must have been going into that yeah it was it was upsetting but i i can't I, I can't be mad that they got me that good because it was it was well thought out and well acted out. So then, you know, we had all kind of just been wondering if Gigi has an opinion on this, what is it? A source told Us Weekly, again, take this with a grain of salt, that Gigi would have, quote, no problem whatsoever with Zane and Selena dating. Quote, as long as he's happy and stable and continues to be a good co-parent to their daughter, Kai, she's fine with whoever he goes out with, the insider said, adding that Hadid herself is, quote, moving on and having fun when it comes to her romantic life. I mean, who knows how valid this quote is, but I certainly didn't envision Gigi being upset about this. You know, I think that if you are co-parenting with somebody and your ex is moving on, Selena's kind of an ideal person for you to move on with. Like that is somebody that you would feel 100,000% comfortable with your child being in their presence. Yeah, she definitely has a very kind of nurturing presence to her. And if I'm Gigi and I know that Zane is dating someone, I think that I'm nothing but thrilled knowing that it's Selena. Aside from that, though, the reason that I really don't think Gigi would be pissed is because after whatever went down with Yolanda, and we never really know the extent of what went down, but at the very least, there were some words exchanged between Zayn and Yolanda where like they weren't on the best terms. And from everything we've seen, which recently hasn't been that much, but from what we have seen about Yolanda's relationship with her kids, I just don't know how you maintain a relationship with someone that your mother is on bad terms with. Like, I think it's the type of mother-daughter relationship where like that just isn't going to fly. So I guess I've kind of written off a future for Gigi and Zane because of that reason. Yeah. And keeping in mind that a lot of Gigi and Zane's relationship was very on again, off again, kind of similarly to Travis and Kylie. And so I just think that with Gigi and Zane, it, it kind of just ran its course. I don't think this is a situation where, you know, they were so, so solid and then all of a sudden Yolanda came into play and it was hard to keep the relationship going with the contention in the house. I think that Zane and Gigi probably always had their issues and, you know, issues arose with Yolanda. They probably had issues during that time between themselves and they just came to an understanding that co-parenting is better for them. And I think that they wish each other well. I mean, Gigi's been seen, as we know, with Leo in in kind of an on-again, off-again, spotted here and there situation. And so I think Gigi's in a stage of her life where she's kind of enjoying being single and having fun and wants Zane to do the same as long as they're both committed to being really good co-parents. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this just didn't strike me as the type of situation that a lot of drama would ensue as a result of. But then again, who knows? It'll be very interesting to see. And as always, I have to wonder, what is Drew Taggart thinking in all of this? Because for a moment there, he was on top of the world. And as <laughs> always, as, I as I'm always thinking about what the chain smoker has to think about this. In any given scenario, I'm just like, wow, I wonder what Drew Taggart is thinking right now. 
I should have asked Alex <laughs> on your flight. flight. <laughs> yeah. I said to Julie, I was like, I am 99% sure that the other chain smoker is on my flight. And, and it definitely was him. She goes, yeah, I can see his backpack. It says AP. I was like, that means nothing to me. Like, I would never be able to spot him out of a lineup and know that AP was a confirmation of his name. I was like 99.9% sure. And then when I saw the monogram to me, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely him. I think if it wasn't a red eye, I would have maybe just struck up a conversation just because like, why not? But we were all sleeping. Yeah. You needed your sleep. He needed his sleep. It was for the best. Yeah, it was definitely for the best, but uh, I guess I couldn't get the scoop on what went down with Drew and Selena. I'm sorry. Next time. Maybe next time. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry. Built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch, and Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. Okay, so last week with Justin, we were talking about this seeming love triangle that is now going on between Emily Ratajkowski, Harry Styles, and Olivia Wilde. I love referencing last week with Justin, like as if we're struggling to move on from not having him with us. Well, because I do feel that way a little. I mean, you guys know 99.9% of the time we would rather not have a guest than have a guest, which I think for me just comes from the fact that like you and I spend every single minute together anyway, and we're constantly talking that we just add a mic. Like it's so easy. You don't have to think in conversations with people sometimes specifically when they're recorded, you really have to think. And with you and I, it's just so easy because like, (laughs) <laughs> we'd be talking this much anyway, whether there was a microphone or not. 
However, Justin is the only exception to that rule of like, if given the opportunity, I would always rather have him than not have him, you know, when he happens to be in New York, because he is such an unbelievable person to be around in addition to being so knowledgeable on pop culture and just so much fun. Well, listen, Justin is kind of, whether he knows it or not, the unofficial fourth member of our little group. He is. I mean, he's the one that you want to be on the phone with when Scandaval is breaking. Like, he's just an unbelievable human being. And it was so fun. I think also, you and I hadn't been in a studio together in years. And it felt very fitting that Justin was the first. It did feel really fitting. I don't think I could have done it with somebody that wasn't Justin as the first time for us to be recording together. I forgot about this about you, that like you get a tiny little bit of stage fright. Um, yes, I get more than a tiny bit of stage fright with Justin and being in person together. It was a tiny bit. In other scenarios, it's like a lot of it. Is it really? I, I guess we, I haven't experienced that with you in so long. Yeah, I mean, we haven't done it. I mean, listen, the way that we record is like best case scenario for me. I sit in front of a mic and we just talk. I can't even see you. As soon as like I feel like I'm a little bit on display, it it's very it's very difficult for me. With Justin, it just goes to show the ease of conversation because it felt like just sitting with you and talking and it made it a million times easier. I think that if we had somebody else in the room, it would have been very hard for me to jump right back into it. Like had you and I recorded in person and then the next time we had somebody that maybe wasn't Justin, it would have been a little bit easier. But had we jumped right into it, listen, I would have done it and I think it would have been fine. I don't think anybody would have been able to know, but I think that internally it would have, I would have needed a big jump start. Okay, well, I'm so glad that it was Justin then. I'm always glad when it's Justin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked with him a lot about the Harry, Olivia, and Emily stuff, and I don't even remember because we got on so many tangents. But basically, the headline that has come out this week, this is following, as we all know, Harry and Emily's very public makeout against a minivan in Tokyo that apparently, according to Page Six, Emrata is, quote, begging Olivia Wilde for forgiveness following her makeout with Harry Styles in Tokyo on Saturday, March 25th. The source says, quote, this is a betrayal. Sources also told Page Six that Olivia wants, quote, nothing to do with Emrod and Harry. Quote, she's staying as far away from this and taking the high road. She's focused on her kids and her work. Okay. This is the thing that I feel like we didn't dive into enough last week. I am 100% fully aligned with the idea that back in July, there was a threesome that went down between Olivia, Harry, and Emrata. Of course, you cannot say with 100% certainty, but- if you were asking me to bet specifically from other things that we have heard, I would tell you that that is completely where I'm aligned. I don't know how deep we got into that last week. So I don't even remember. It was all such a blur. But going off of that, if we want to just – let's just consider that to be the truth, right? That back in July when Olivia and Emrata were sitting together at Harry's concert in Paris, that all started because basically Harry and Olivia kind of flew Emrata out. Again, this is all apparently, allegedly, hypothetically to have this threesome and to hang out and while Olivia and Harry were still very much a couple, and as we know, while Olivia and Emily were still very much friends, which is why if we want to go off of that, I actually don't think this page six article is that much bullshit. Like if I was reading this and I hadn't heard anything, I would maybe think, all right, this is so ridiculous, not even worth acknowledging. But knowing what I believe we kind of know, it doesn't seem that far off to me. Yeah. I mean, listen, the threesome element of it adds a really interesting angle because if the conversation's completely different, if the threesome exists, 
I can believe the page six article. If the threesome doesn't exist and Emrata and Olivia kind of have this friendship that exists in Hollywood, I, I don't think Emrata's out here begging Olivia for forgiveness. I just don't think that their relationship is that close. It's not like if Selena did this to Taylor, it, it's not like if Kendall did this to Haley. Like it's a very different relationship from what we've seen. However, if the threesome did exist and Olivia was the one that brought Emrata into this, it is a really big betrayal to, you know, kind of be brought in in that circumstance and then have it, you know, split off once the breakup's over. Yeah, that changes the dynamic entirely. It's two completely different conversations. It's so interesting to really kind of dissect. I don't know if... So again, you know, you read this, right? And then you think, well, what parts am I extracting that I believe to be true? The line about the begging for forgiveness isn't actually what struck out to me. It was more so just Olivia kind of wanting to separate herself from this. That's the part that I was the more drawn to or that I could see as more being the case a a little bit. It'll be so interesting if we see anything happen between them again or if this was just a one-time makeout in Tokyo against a van because like we were saying last week, this is so deeply unlike Harry. And and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I love this for him. I love to see him a little loose and having fun. He is the biggest rock star in the world right now. He is the biggest musician. He is one of the hottest people you've ever seen in your life. He should be making out against a van with Emrata in Tokyo. That is 100% the narrative that should exist. It's just not one that typically does with him. And so it'll be really interesting to see if this was just a one-time only thing that almost acts like a glitch in the simulation because you're so not used to seeing him act like this in any sort of a way. Or if you know, a couple months down the road, you get a paparazzi shot of them, let's say, getting dinner together. Yeah. And something we were talking about a few weeks ago, I don't believe that it was on the podcast. I think we were maybe having this conversation at a dinner, is that one of the rather unfortunate things about dating as a celebrity, specifically as an A-list celebrity, is that you lose the ability to have that really low stakes phase because somehow even just the slightest bit of like publicized physical touch starts the rumor mill of what could be going on. And sometimes nothing is going on. Sometimes it's just two people that are maybe hooking up. And by hooking up, I mean like maybe three times. And in no other world would that then lead to these suspicions about so-and-so are dating. Like imagine if every time you made out with someone in college, the rumor was that you're going to start dating that person. That's not how it works. Like you are allowed to have this kind of fun, low stakes makeout, but it's almost like as a celebrity that's removed because the understanding is that if you are choosing to do this in public, there must be a reason above just the physical attraction. And a lot of the times that is the case because it's not worth the publicity if there isn't more going on. But sometimes it just is the case. And like, this could be an example where it just is the case. They were just drunk and wanted to make out because they're both young and hot. And like, it's not their fault that people think they're dating, you know? Well, it's two things. It's one that sometimes it's just not worth the publicity of of a public makeout if it's not going to be at least kind of the real deal or a progression into the real deal or a full dating situation. But the other piece of it is that And it was Isabel that said this, where she was like, it's very weird the way the media almost has this very junior high understanding of hooking up, where it's like, no one's ever just hooking up according to the media. Like if you're seen kissing one time, all of a sudden you're sparking dating rumors and every single news article is being written about the fact that you're dating. And it's like, 
most of the time, these people are just hooking up. Most of the time, it's just a one-off hookup. One, like If somebody's making out at a club and there's a news story that breaks about it, the news story is going to be X and X dating, not X and X makes out at a club hooking up. And so it's really interesting the way that it's not just the fact that the public runs with that narrative, but that news sources really, as soon as that happens, it's full dating rumors. There's no I in know. between. Right. It's like, just just be a little chill. Maybe they're not dating. Maybe they're just having fun. But I do understand the thought process that if they are choosing to do it publicly, that potentially signals a little bit more coming down the line. Because, I mean, really think about it. The amount of hookups that take place behind closed doors that we as the public and as the media will never know about are endless. I mean, think about how many we know just from knowing that are never even publicized. You know what I mean? So like, that's the baseline understanding that that's how that typically happens, which is why I think when it does happen in a more public setting, you know, there's reason for speculation. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. There's something very funny about Harry Styles waking up the next morning and being like, fuck, like I kind of, I don't know. I kind of just wanted to make out with her, you know, like not realizing what this would have started. You know, what's funny also, like all we saw was the make out against the car. Like there was no follow up. Like, has anybody asked the question, like, what happened after? How did they part ways? Did they part ways? Did they go back to each other's hotel room? Like, what <laughs> happened in the aftermath of this makeout? Why are we not talking about that? Talk about middle school. There's like a part of me that hopes that nothing happened. There's a part of me that hopes that she just got in that minivan, he got in a Suburban, and they were on their way. Like, for some reason, that makes it so much funnier that the attraction was just so strong in that moment that they had to make out on the street in Tokyo and, like, Nobody's dick was getting sucked. Nobody was orgasming. It was really just a makeout. And like, I can't say I can't relate because I can. Okay, but here's the thing. It being just a makeout, by the way, going back to the news article about Emrata begging for forgiveness, if it was just a makeout, whether a threesome existed or not, whether Emrata and Olivia were closer friends than we think, no begging of forgiveness took place there if it was just a makeout. You do not need to ask for forgiveness for making out with Harry Styles mm -hmm. once. Okay, yes, but just counterpoint for a second because in theory, I very much agree with you. Let's say this headline is accurate and there really is forgiveness begging going on. To me, I never had the thought process of like, that's the case because they slept together. To me, it's so much more about how this could be perceived as embarrassing for Olivia Wilde. It's more so the publicity of it than the actual act. Whether it's a makeout or sex or something that even just looked like they were together, I think it's more so a, an apology or wanting to give an apology for the media storm that was caused by this and how Olivia is then reinserted into it. That was my view of it. So I actually don't agree with you, even though in theory, I agree with you. I'm going to tell you right now. I love you more than life itself. If you were dating Harry Styles and you guys broke up and then me and Harry Styles made out, I would be genuinely offended if you asked me to ask you for forgiveness. <laughs> I understand. Obviously fucking same. Wait, there's so, there's so many ifs there. Because if we're dating, we're not breaking up. And if we did date and did break up, I not only would be fine with that, I would encourage it. I would be giving you my blessing. I would be flying you out to Tokyo myself. But in this particular scenario, I think that Emrata, as someone who knows what it's like to be covered by the media, can understand of like, you know what? If we were going to do it, maybe we could have done it, but it didn't need to be this whole spectacle for then Olivia Wilde to feel as though she's under a magnifying glass. That's all. If the friendship really did exist. Right. If the friendship really did exist, it is 
it is very public and very in her face. That I that angle of it I can I can completely yeah. understand. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, any guess is as good as ours and we have not seen any more footage, but I mean, I'll never not be thinking about that. That's for sure. Same. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that we've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house, like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but my two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be are mascara and lip gloss, maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy, but Honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. So in terms of the Kardashian recap, we of course spoke about Kim and Drake. Kim has also been in Tokyo, not making out with Harry Styles in the street, although could you imagine? That we know of. <laughs> yeah, that we know of. But what was so funny is that she posted in this pink coat, and then as part of her post, she referenced the infamous trip to Japan that they all took together where she was really coming at Chloe and Courtney for what they were wearing. And now, of course, it's come full circle because the exact type of outfits that she was making fun of, she is now wearing and wearing beautifully, might I add. But minor, just worth acknowledging to say that it's always satisfying when Kim references specifically clips from the show. And then when she takes it a step further and includes that clip from the show in her post, like you are really bringing us back intentionally and I can appreciate your pop culture reference. I feel so seen when she does Mm -hmm. that. Well, I feel so seen because it's like the second you saw her in that coat, you were thinking of that scene. So then to know that she also was thinking of that scene and then also is going to get ahead of the comments calling her a hypocrite by calling herself a hypocrite. Yeah, it's it's too good. I I really, I truly love that. Mm -hmm. Also, the Kylie and 
Travis comment, I think you mentioned it in the beginning, but basically the Kylie Cosmetics account had posted a photo of Kylie and Travis commented a beauty. We posted it with the eye emoji just because everything we had heard is that they were split up and this would potentially signal otherwise. <laughs> Not to like give it the Devin Booker Kendall treatment, but I, I just don't care that much. Like, I don't know. I think they're kind of on and off and we'll see what happens. Listen. I don't necessarily care whether they're on or off. I'm not invested enough in their relationship. But I do think it's very interesting when an acknowledgement after rumors of a breakup come in the form of a comment, especially not just the comment on Kylie's picture, a comment on a picture of Kylie posted from the Kylie Cosmetics account. Right. It's like, you know how down bad you have to be to comment on the brand account? That's like if all of a sudden we see Zayn commenting on Rare Beauty. Right. Which you know is what? my fucking <laughs> dream. I was about to say, shocking that Drew Taggart of the Chainsmokers never pulled that. Holy fuck, give me a comment of Drake on Skims. <laughs> oh my God. Wait. You just got well, giddy. Like, you got I, giddy. Yeah, I just yeah, got, you got so- giddy. Because <laughs> that's such a fun path to go down. Like, where's Harry on Emrata's bikini line or Bad Bunny on 818? Like, this is funny. Okay, I'm into, I'm into this kind of flirtation. Let's think of more. I mean, by the way, that is the best fucking thing you could ever do for your brand. Yeah, because then it's going to be everywhere and you naturally are getting that promotion. Wow, that would be – there's so many. Every celebrity has a brand now. If Jaden Hostler was smart, he would have done something with Stassi's collab with Cupshe or whatever it's called, although it seems like they're broken up before it even really started. Yeah, that's a a done deal, I think. Hmm. A shame. He really fumbled that one. That could have been, he could have been having the time of his life at that Kardashian Christmas party. You know what? It was short lived, but I think he did have the time of his life. Right. And if there's going to be one TikToker there, let it be Charlie. By the way, my worst case scenario is Tristan hearing this conversation and figuring out that he can comment on Good American. Oh, no. <laughs> Tristan, don't, don't get any ideas there, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, we're all commenting on Goop, by the way. <laughs> this is so funny. I want to make a. Do you think there's anybody that doesn't know Goop is Gwyneth? No, right? That's not possible. No. Because if you're be buying a... Goop and you're spending those that kind of money, you know that it's Gwyneth. And you're probably doing it because it's Gwyneth. Right. Like if you're spending money at Goop, you have a picture of Gwyneth in your like closet, kind of the way that like Helga had one of of, of Arnold. Hey Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> You did not just mention Hey Arnold in the last minute of this podcast. Is it my fucking birthday? Yeah, yeah. You don't. You didn't expect me to end this podcast making a very stark comparison between white women and Gwyneth Paltrow and <laughs> and Helga and Arnold. Right, football head. <laughs> Enough out of you. God, that's funny. Julie, fucking love that show. Fucking love hey, Gwyneth. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that is all. Is there anything else that you would like to add? I think that's it. I don't know how we got there. Okay, well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. We'll be back later this week for Kardashians, Kim and Chris's wedding special, which hands down, best reality TV we have recapped thus far. And then, of course, the Bravo episode. We love you guys.